Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsaya Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and Instagram. The Jesus Witch Podcast is a show dedicated to opening the conversation about including Jesus in witchery practices. The goal of this podcast is to not be evangelical. The goal is to spread the love, light, truth, acceptance, and oneness that is Jesus Christ himself. Here at the Jesus Witch Podcast, we believe all people are loved by God and all people are loved by Jesus. We believe in community and the power of fellowship. We believe in giving whatever you reasonably can to help your neighbor who's in need. And above all, we believe in the power of creating a relationship with Jesus that is authentic and unique to you. Join me for new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsaya Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and on Instagram. This week on the Jesus Witch Podcast, we are going to be finishing up our series about my Jesus witchy pregnancy because I'm officially in the third trimester, well into the third trimester, almost done with the third trimester of my third pregnancy um, with my baby girl who's due in Pisces season. So I'm going to talk to you all about the witchy and more spiritual things that I have experienced experienced during the third trimester, how my practice has changed, and just my mindset going into her birth. Just a quick reminder, if you would like to support the Jesus Witch Podcast, there are several different ways that you can help do that. Firstly, give us a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on of five stars because that helps get the word out about the show. That makes whatever platform you're listening to us on, like recommend the show to other people, and it helps like get the reach out. And if you have a friend who you think would like the Jesus Witch podcast, be sure to share it with them. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. Like I said before, I have a TikTok and an Instagram. Both of the usernames are Lena the Jesus Witch. Those are the only accounts that I am currently active on. I also have a free Discord group called the Jesus Witch Church. You can find the link for that and anything that I talk about in the show notes page. The Jesus Witch Church is the best place to talk to me. Like if you want to ask me questions, we have a community questions place. And you're not only going to get my feedback, but you'll get feedback from other people, other witches, other Jesus witches. We also have other pagan witches in there. It's just a whole community of different people who have... Um, the thing that I feel like brings us all in common is that we've deconstructed from like the traditional Christian faith into some form of witchcraft. And that's what like kind of bonds us together sort of thing. But we talk about a lot of stuff in that community. So check that out in the link that's in the show notes page. You'll also see in the show notes page different ways to support the Jesus Witch podcast, such as our Patreon, where you can get early and ad-free episodes. I also have different tiers that provide Jesus Witch education and even like spell work um, calls where we like get together on like uh, a Zoom call and we'll like cast a spell together. It's so much fun. Or I have another tier that I provide one-on-one sessions with people. I have an Etsy shop where I do tarot readings, astrology readings. I make Bible-based spell oils. Um, all of that good stuff. And if you would like to send a donation directly to the show, I have a PayPal and Cash App you could do that at. Or if you would like to send the the Pisces a little present, I still have my baby registry in the link in the bio or in the link in the bio. No, in the link in the show notes page. Um, we don't really need much for her. We have been really, really, really beyond blessed this pregnancy by the Jesus Witch community and our families. Um, And we have pretty much everything we need for baby girl, but there's still like a couple of little things on there if you want to check it out. But anyway, now that we're done with all of that housekeeping stuff, (laughs) let's jump in to my third trimester journey with this baby. 
So a lot has happened during this last trimester of pregnancy. I feel like I have learned so much about myself as a person, so much about like my boundaries, so much about like the things that I experienced in the past, my past traumas, my past births with my other children. I feel like I have uncovered a lot more than I did in the first two trimesters. I feel like the first trimester was like trying to grasp like that this was real and this was actually happening because it was like super unexpected. Um, I definitely ovulated early with this baby. Like my whole pregnancy, we thought that my due date was like either like March like 3rd or March 1st, or sorry, March 7th. But now my midwife and I are pretty sure that I'm probably due, quote unquote due, March 1st, and I'm a whole week more pregnant than I really thought I was <laughs> this entire time. <laughs> so that's been interesting to like figure out and kind of like navigate. And it has a lot to do with like the few ultrasounds that I have. She has been measuring one week ahead consistently. And um, then when we put in <laughs> conception dates, to the ovulation calendar, the pregnancy calendar thing, her and I were like, mm, that's a whole week earlier than we thought it would be. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, like that's another thing like this. Now I'm like kind of wondering, is this baby going to be a Pisces or is she going to be an Aquarius kind of thing? Like she, there's a good chance that she might um, pop out during Aquarius season, which I was really sad about in the beginning. Um, my first two babies were both 37 weekers and if this baby wants to be a Pisces she would have to be 38 weeks and three days so that would be my longest pregnancy and I have a feeling she's going to be my longest pregnancy but I just don't know anymore if we're going to make it all the way to Pisces season and at first when I started to like think that I was really 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 upset because the whole this whole pregnancy I've been like this is my Pisces baby I'm pregnant with a Pisces like it's a Pisces thing and um, I was really excited about like my aunt's a Pisces and I, she's excited to have a Pisces and I was excited for her to have a Pisces. My mother-in-law's a Pisces. My friend who passed away in 2023, he was a Pisces. So I was like really excited to have a Pisces and like have that energy. Um, and then my uh, Pisces a mutable sign. And my other kids are both mutable signs. I have a Sagittarius and a Virgo. And then my husband is a Gemini. So they are all the three mutable signs. So Pisces would be the completion of the collection of mutables. And that was really cool too. But I realized like every reason that I wanted a Pisces was not for me. It was not for like my compatibility with her. And wanting her to be a Pisces was more for like other people's compatibility with her and like just how the sign I felt like would fit in with our household in general. However, if you've known me for a while, I have always said <laughs> if I have a third baby, I want it to be an Aquarius. Like my number one choice was an Aquarius and then my number two choice was a Pisces. So, I, and the reason for this is my... Nadar so my fourth house in astrology my like home house is in Aquarius I have and it's directly conjunct my Aquarius Uranus I have been told before by professional astrologers by other astrologers that the only reason I'm not a boring Taurus is because I have decent Aquarian energy in me and I feel like having my baby's sun sign in my fourth house would just be really favorable and um 
really transformative, not only for me, but for her, because I feel like she'd really be able to see my true character and like what my purpose is here as, as her mom and as, you know, just Lena the person in general. Aquarius would also fit really nicely with my husband because he's a Leo rising, so his descendant is an Aquarius, so they would have a good bond on that. Um, my husband definitely wants her to be a Pisces, <laughs> and I think I'm more team Aquarius at this point because one, I'm so done being pregnant, and two, like, once I realized, like, I always wanted an Aquarius, like, I really, really wanted Aquarius energy before I even got pregnant, and, like, it would just be so cool to have an Aquarius and, and experience that energy and experience how that would fit with my chart and her chart kind of thing. I think I'm a little bit more team Aquarius, so it, it's funny because, like, the other day I was feeling feeling some things happening, you know what I'm saying? Like, my body's definitely getting ready. And I texted him this. <laughs> and he calls me immediately. He's like, do you think she's going to be a fucking Aquarius, Lena? You think that... <laughs> you think she's going to actually be born during Aquarius season? And we were, like, talking about her birth chart and the different placements she'd have, depending on what her birthday would be. And that was really fun. Um, and that was, like, one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm with the right person. Like, he gets it. He... <laughs> He very much gets it. But yeah, a lot has been going on through this trimester, just like physically, emotionally, emotionally, um, spiritually. And yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about it. I, I literally have like a list of notes. So I'm going to read off of them <laughs> so that I don't forget what I wanted to tell you guys. So firstly, I started pelvic floor physical therapy at 26 weeks pregnant. And I was diagnosed with a minor diastasis recti, like where your ab muscles separate and an SI joint rotation. Um, that was both of these things were probably caused by me being in the accident. However, like they were made worse by pregnancy. So typically a diastasis that definitely was caused by me being pregnant, but my ab muscles weren't strong enough to hold my uterus because I lost so much muscle after the accident because I lost a lot of mobility and um, <laughs> an SI joint rotation, the type that I have, the most common way to get it is in a rear end accident where your foot is on the brake. And that's what happened to me. I had a rear end accident where my foot was on the brake. And I remember after the accident, I had a lot of neck and shoulder pain. And once that started to like subside, um, not even like a few months later, like maybe like two, three months after the, the, the accident initially happened, I started complaining to my chiropractor, my physical therapist, like, hey, I'm having a lot of hip pain. Um, I don't know if it's like my hips overcompensating for like the lack of muscle and the lack of strength that's in my upper body right now, but I'm having a lot of hip pain that I've never had before. And the chiropractor, he didn't really like listen to me too much. I mean, he would adjust my hips every once in a while. But the physical therapist, he tried to blame it on me having kids before the accident. Like he tried to say, well, you're, you know, you've had babies before, so your hips are just not going to work right anyway. And I'm like, this is a pain that I have never experienced before until now. If it was an injury caused by childbirth, I would have felt it years ago, like Scott was like three when I got into that accident. So, um, you know, it had been years. And also I was hiking four miles minimum a week 
after I had Scott. Now a quick break from this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast to talk about a few ways you can help support the show. One way you can help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast is to become a supporter of us on Patreon. On our Patreon, there are four different tiers that you can choose from, and they're all named after tarot cards. We have the Fool, the Magician, the Hierophant, and the High Priestess. In the Fool tier, you get early ad-free episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast, extended show note pages when available, Christian tarot grimoire pages, and access to our monthly community oracle reading. In the Hierophant tier, you get everything from the Fool tier, tarot spreads to help your connection with Christ, spirit, your higher self. I also like to put out new tarot spreads for each full moon or new moon, wheel of the year holiday, and zodiac sign. In the Magician tier, you also get one Bible-based spell grimoire page each month. This teaches you how to incorporate the Bible into your own spell practice. In the Hierophant tier, you get everything from the Fool and the Magician tiers, as well as a Happy Mail package from me every single month with the ingredients to make a spell, as well as an extra Bible-based spell page for your grimoire. And then you get access to our spellcasting Zoom each month where we do the spell that I sent you together. In the High Priestess tier, you get everything from the Magician, Fool, and Hierophant tiers, as well as an extra Bible-based spell from the Sun and Moon Oily Co. in your Happy Mail package each month, and a one-on-one Zoom call with me every single month to discuss your practice, how you're growing, and any suggestions that I could give to you to help you on your path. Patreon tiers start at $6.66 per month, and you can find the link to that in the show notes page. Another way you can help support the show is by shopping at my Etsy shop, The Sun and Moon Oily Co. Over on the Sun and Moon Oily Co., I offer Bible-based spell oils, ritual bath salts, Jesus Witch or Christian Witch-specific mystery boxes, and custom spell oils. Over on my Etsy shop is where you can also book different types of readings with me. I offer tarot readings for your inner child, channel messages from Jesus or from Lilith. I also have a listing for general tarot readings. You could grab a soul contract reading between yourself and another person or yourself and a deity that you're working with or curious to work with. Or even grab an astrology reading for yourself or an astrology reading for your kiddos to help you parent them better and more effectively. There's also Jesus Witch merch on my Etsy shop and so many other things that I am planning on adding to my shop. So head over to the Sun and Moon Oily Co. to check that out. Another thing you can do to support the growth of the Jesus Witch podcast is join our Discord community. The Jesus Witch Church is our free 18-plus Discord community where we host Jesus Witch Church services and moon circles. This is your place to ask all Jesus Witch or witchy questions in general and make some really awesome friends. You can find the link to our church in the show notes page. Another free way you could support the Jesus Witch podcast is by sharing this show with a friend and rating it on whatever podcasting app you're using with five stars. Leaving us a nice review really helps get the word out about the show, and don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Another thing you could do to help the creation of the show is send a donation to the Jesus Witch Podcast via Cash App or PayPal. It takes a lot of time and effort for me to create the Jesus Witch Podcast, and getting donations helps me get the support and help that I need to be able to create this type of content for you. 
Donations also help keep this podcast free to everybody. So if you love this show and the information that's being put out there, please consider sending a donation to my PayPal or my Cash App. The username on both is the Jesus Wedge Podcast, but the link for both of those can be found in the show notes page. And the final way that you could help support the creation of the Jesus Wedge Podcast is by sending me a gift. In the show notes page, I have the link to my Amazon wish list. Everything that I put on this wish list was put there to help create content for you. Simply put, buying things off of this Amazon wish list helps me so that I don't have to purchase them myself. So I can put more of my resources in towards making the Jesus Witch Podcast. If you would like to support the Jesus Witch Podcast by buying me a gift or in any other way, you could find all the links to everything mentioned in this ad in the show notes page. Now let's get back to the show. There's no way <laughs> I wouldn't have felt that hip pain, you know? So it was something that was caused by the accident. I was trying to get these people to listen to me when I was in treatment for the accident um, before, you know, my insurance cut out and I, I couldn't go get treatment anymore. And nobody would listen to me. They just blamed me, like, for being a woman, blamed me for being a woman, blamed me for being a mom, just said, like, that's how your body's supposed to go. Meanwhile, I'm, like, 24, 25 years old, like... That's not how a 24-year-old, 25-year-old body is supposed to go kind of thing. And it took until I was 26 weeks pregnant and experiencing pain for somebody to listen to me about my hip and for somebody to be like, yeah, that probably happened during your accident and it's making pregnancy be a lot more sucky for you. At first, when I started pelvic floor physical therapy, it felt really degrading and there's part of me where it still kind of feels really weird that I have to do this because pelvic floor physical therapy if you don't know involves a lot of internal work so basically it's somebody like putting their TMI putting their finger in your vagina and in your birth canal to press on trigger points and do like trigger point therapy to release any knots and tension and my pelvic floor was holding a lot of tension where the SI joint is because it's trying to support the, my hip, it's trying to support my SI, it's trying to support a whole baby now. Um, so it was like really, really knotted. And at first I was really upset by this. And I was really upset that I had to go through this, that I had to do pelvic floor physical therapy. And you know, I'm not naive. I've had two babies before. I'm not going to say the accident is the only reason I had any sort of pelvic floor issues. Um, However, <laughs> they definitely weren't present until the SI joint injury, if that makes sense. So it was just, it was really weird to be put in that situation. But as I've gone through it and as I've done it for now, this is going to be my 10th week doing physical PT, uh, pelvic floor physical therapy because I'm 36 weeks pregnant this week. Um, now that I've been doing it for 10 weeks, I feel not, I don't know if empowered's the right word, but I feel really validated. Like, I finally have somebody who feels my pain, who, like, validated it, who's like, yeah, no, like, you're not crazy. Like, there was one point where I'm like, you know, this part of my hip feels like it's popping out. And anytime I, like, say this to somebody, they they don't feel it. They think I'm crazy. And I'm like, I'm saying to her, like, can you can you feel that? Like, can you actually feel that bone popping out? And she puts her hand on the outside of my hip and she's like, yeah, I feel that popping out. And I'm like, oh, my God, you feel that popping out? She's like, yeah, I do. And I, it was like one of those moments. I was like, I I have had this for almost two years and 
nobody could feel it. Nobody could like validate it. Nobody acknowledged it. And you're the first person to like actually like be like, you're not crazy. Like there's something there. Um, so it was like really validating. And I, I've kind of realized throughout this pregnancy, I am the opposite of a hypochondriac. A hypochondriac is somebody who constantly thinks something's wrong with them and it's, there's nothing really wrong with them. Um, I'm somebody who like, I'm so paranoid that there's something wrong with me, but I've been told so many times that it's in my head that I don't explore it. But the minute I do, I get validated and I get told, hey, no, there is actually something wrong with you. Like, you know, that that isn't 100% correct. Um, so this experience with pelvic floor physical therapy has kind of told, taught me I need to a- advocate more for myself, advocate more for my body. And I really am in tune with what's going on inside of me. Like, I know when something's off. I know when something's not right. And just because I've had a lot of male doctors in the past tell me that it's in my head, that doesn't mean it's in my head. They're not in my body. I'm in my body. So that's been really validating and it's helped a lot with the fears that I've had going into this birth. I've been really scared that because of the accident, because the way that my body changed after that, I'm not going to be able to birth a baby. Like I've really thought that she's going to get stuck and she's not going to be able to descend and she's going to just like, it's just going to be really, really bad kind of thing. And um, I feel like pelvic floor physical therapy has given me the most confidence that like I'm doing literally everything I possibly can to make sure that this baby has enough room to spin and come out kind of thing. Um, So like it's given me the most confidence that I will be able to birth my baby the way that I have in the past because I'm giving my body the best shot at doing so. So that has been something that I've worked a lot through mentally during this trimester is like validating my pain, allowing myself to feel pain, allowing myself to recognize that I'm in pain and like really working towards the goal of creating a relaxed and um, stretchy, I guess would be the word, body to help this baby be born safely and happily at home. So at 28 weeks pregnant, my midwife asked me to get another ultrasound. Um, My original plan for my pregnancy was to only get two ultrasounds. The um, initial like one that they do at like 13, 14 weeks that I'm blanking on the name of, but it essentially like tests to see if your baby has markers for Down syndrome or other genetic conditions. And then of course I wanted to do a 20 week anatomy scan. I just wanted to make sure the placenta was in a good place. Baby was in a good position. I know with my babies, once they're head down at like 20 weeks, they do not flip. My kiddos know (laughs) I am short. I am five feet, nothing. And there's not enough room for them to do flip flops for long. So they stay head down at 20 weeks. Um, So I just wanted to make sure she was head down. I wanted to make sure there was no placenta previa. So I got the 20-week ultrasound, and I was planning on being done after that. But then I got COVID, and COVID can sometimes affect placenta function. So my midwife suggested that I get a 28-week ultrasound, just like in the beginning of the third trimester, just making sure she grew, making sure everything's, like, in the right place still and, like, just wanting to have a a triple check, right? So we did that. I was a little upset about getting another ultrasound. That's something that I learned about myself that 
um, through this pregnancy that I don't like ultrasounds because they are literally, you're looking for something wrong. So the entire time <laughs> that I'm laying in that ultrasound table, all I'm thinking about is like, what are they going to find that's wrong? And it really, really, really freaks me out. I realized with this baby, like less information for me is more like it's the less I know, the better. I just need to make sure everybody's safe, everybody's healthy. And other than that, I don't need to know every single detail about everything. However, I remember my 28-week ultrasound with Scott. I got a lot of ultrasounds through my pregnancy with Dexter and my pregnancy with Scott. With Dexter, I was getting ultrasounds almost every single week, which, like, I really don't know why I was getting ultrasounds almost every single week because I was a low-risk 18-year-old pregnancy. Um, so I really don't know why that was ordered for me. And I didn't have the like wherewithal that I do now to like ask questions because like not only was that my first baby but I was 18 so I feel like first time moms we don't ask as many questions as we should because we don't have experience being pregnant before like that's you know nobody makes a guidebook for all the questions you should ask and all the red flags that you should see sort of thing um so I give myself complete grace for that with Scott's pregnancy I got more ultrasounds than the average person does because my anxiety was so incredibly high. I constantly thought that I was going to have a miscarriage. I constantly thought that I was going to have a stillbirth. Like I did not think that he was going to make it to term and it did not help that I had an anterior placenta so I could not feel him kick. Like I barely felt him move um, his entire pregnancy. So I was really, really, really freaked out by that. And because of that, my midwife and I made a plan for me to get a couple more ultrasounds because it would give me peace of mind. And I remember the last peace of mind ultrasound I had with Scott was at 28 weeks pregnant. I remember walking out of that appointment. It was one of the rare ultrasounds that I went to alone because Jack comes with me for every single ultrasound. Like that's always been how it, that's always how it's been. I don't have him come with me to every single appointment because I don't feel like he really needs to be there for every single appointment. If you want your partner there for every single appointment when you're pregnant, that's what you need and that's okay. I had him come every single appointment with me with Dexter, but with Scott, I didn't really feel like I needed him to come every single time. And then with this baby, I certainly didn't feel like I needed him to come every single time besides the first midwife appointment and the midwife appointment that we're having today <laughs> that's in our home. He has not come to any midwife appointments with me for this pregnancy. Um, he's come to every single ultrasound though. But anyway, um, this was the rare with Scott. This was like a rare ultrasound that I went to all by myself. I remember seeing him. I remember like it just finally clicking in my head at 28 weeks. Like, oh, I'm going to have another baby. It's okay. And I remember taking a picture of the ultrasound outside of the <laughs> ultrasound place. Like I, I took a picture of his um, in front of my car because I, I had my Highlander at that point and I loved my Highlander so much. So I wanted to get a picture of my ultrasound and my Highlander together. <laughs> so dorky. Um, but I remember doing this and being like, wow, like it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I had the same revelation with this baby at 28 weeks after that ultrasound. She was still head down. The placenta was doing fine. Blood flow was fine. Her heart rate was good. They observed like practice breaths on the ultrasound. She was great. There was nothing for me to worry about. It's like kind of clicked like, okay, she's growing fine. She's going to grow fine. It's okay. That was very much the peace of mind ultrasound that I kind of needed and I didn't know I needed just to like make my brain finally like settle down. Um, 
So I think if in the future I ever have another baby, which like, that's a huge if. Huge if. Part of me feels really done, part of me doesn't feel really done, you know what I'm saying? But if I ever do have a fourth baby, I think I'll opt for the two ultrasounds and then possibly a third around the 28-week mark, depending on how my anxiety is. Um, but I, I really felt peace from that. And it helped that my ultrasound was on 12-12, which happened to be the new moon in Sagittarius, which was really, really cool. Because I'm a new moon baby. I, <laughs> it made me really happy to have the moon be a part of my journey in that way um, and have my reassurance really come on the joyful new moon. Because Sagittarius is joy. It's Jupiter joy. It's good luck. It's expansion. It's promise. It was just a really good, really good omen. And it helps me get through a lot of um, mental blocks over, like, if she's okay, if she's growing sort of thing. She's still head down. So that, like, that was the joy of the 28-week ultrasound. So also through my third trimester, I've been having a lot more, like, crazy dreams. Like, I dream almost every night that I go to sleep. I feel like the past couple of nights I haven't really been dreaming. Like, I've been when I fall asleep, I'm kind of, like, dead to the world. I think my body's just getting ready. So it's, like, getting as much rest as it possibly can. Even though I wake up not feeling rested at all um but anyway like I would have a dream about uh the baby kicking and like seeing her foot visibly like popping out of my stomach and then the next day I woke up and um I heard she pressed her foot so hard onto my stomach that I literally was able to like grab her little foot and like pinch it um <laughs> which was wild because I dreamt that the night before um the nightmares I was having seemed to subside um, since I started to go to pelvic floor physical therapy, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this. I probably did. See, I have really bad pregnancy brain right now where like, I can't remember <laughs> like five minutes ahead. But anyway, um, I was having really bad nightmares about her getting stuck in my pelvis and like me needing to go get a C-section. And since doing pelvic floor PT, those ceased completely. And I started to have more peaceful dreams about her birth. Um, another dream that I had that was really interesting and I took note of it I had a dream where I was at some sort of like event and I met Taylor Swift and <laughs> that sounds so crazy but I met Taylor Swift and I specifically said to her Taylor I really want to thank you for the song Evermore Evermore has gotten me through a lot of pain a lot of hardships a lot of physical um, pain and I really appreciate you writing that song I appreciate having that song like thank you so much for the song Evermore and then I came home and I started taking care of my kids Dexter and Scott um, you know I don't think I was pregnant in this dream I don't remember I know my boys were there and I'm like tucking them into bed and I'm looking outside my back door window and I just see this black panther just sitting there staring at me it didn't feel like there was danger it kind of I kind of was just like trying to get a feel for the Black Panther and like figure out like why she was there sort of thing. I didn't feel like threatened by her. I felt like I needed to get my kids to go to bed and like so that I could observe her more. But that was like that was the dream that I had there. And um, I consulted, you know, like the other Christian witches that are in um in the TikTok world, like Hannah, Mimi, Sarah, um, Hannah being spirituality, Sarah being Srazi97, and then Mimi, Feral Southern Housewife, all on TikTok. I like said I told them this dream, 
um, because we have a group chat. (laughs) I'm like, guys, like, what the fuck do you think this means? And Mimi's like, Lena, I think Bast is reaching out to you because she's a fertility goddess. She specifically works with people who have, like, you know, chronic health conditions or, like, health issues. Like, she's really descriptive of, like, what you're going through right now. So... I was like, all right, maybe maybe Mimi's right. And I kind of like kept Bast in my mind. And then on the full moon in Cancer, I got blood work, like results back, that showed I was anemic. And then I have really high stress markers in my blood. And I have never had that during a pregnancy. Like my body was just really, really under a lot of stress. And I was really upset about this. I think I was more upset about this than I needed to be. Like, I had a literal breakdown over the fact that I'm anemic. Um, I, like, cried all day long. And the entire day, my cat Bowser, he, like, sat with me. He cuddled with me. He let me hold him like a teddy bear and, like, cry into his fur. I've never experienced that with a cat in my life. And it happened right after this dream. Um about Bast and I took that and I took Bowser's behavior as like a sign that I needed to start incorporating her into my practice. So I bought a Bast statue, got myself some iron supplements, I charged the iron supplements next to the Bast statue and I've been taking my iron every single day as like a devotion to her um, and asking her to like help it stick in my body, help it make my body feel better, like do whatever she can to, you know, help clear this issue and like make the rest of this fertility journey, (laughs) I guess. I don't know what word to put there, but the rest of this like pregnancy be a little bit more smooth. Um, So I've started to incorporate working with Bast into my practice. And I've noticed that since I've done that, the other goddesses that I was kind of like venerating and like trying to like figure out if they wanted to work with me during this time, specifically like Venus and hell, they've kind of taken a step back from my practice. And I feel like Ashra and Bast have really like come forward. Um, Bast working with me through a lot of like the physical limitations that I have. And then Ashra working with me more on like the confidence and like feeling like me having a baby is me being part of creation. I am taking part of what the process that she created, the process that she is, is here for kind of thing. And putting it in that way and, like, starting to um, work with these two feminine deities on those specific aspects. Like, when I go to PT, when I take my supplements, I really, like, call on Bast. I ask her to help me physically. And then I ask Ashra to help me with the confidence and with the mentality. That's been really helping to work through the things, the last things that I feel like I need to, like, really work through before I actually have this baby. I remember after I got the blood test results, I started seeing a lot, a lot of blue jays, like an absurd amount of blue jays. And I live somewhere where blue jays are kind of common, but it was like an absurd amount of fucking blue jays, like more than I've ever seen in one place in my life. Um, So I felt the need to pull a card with that. And I felt really, really nervous about pulling a card. I've been kind of afraid to do tarot I'm like what if tarot like tells me something scary and my anxiety like makes me spiral with it um but I pulled out the six of cup cups card and I felt really really relieved and like I started crying after I pulled that card out because I knew that that's what I needed to hear I needed to see that message I needed to like see that I was actually like doing something that like this is just part of the journey you know what I'm saying and it wasn't a negative part um so yeah, that's that really helped me. 
And that was also, I think, another confirmation for me that I, I needed to start working with Bast because the idea came and then I started seeing all these Blue Jays and Bowser was comforting me and I pulled out a really, really good card. Um, not that there are good and bad cards, but just one that felt really applicable to the situation and felt like exactly what I needed to hear. Um, and seeing Blue Jays a lot, what I wrote in my notes is that they're a symbol of good luck. They're good for change. They appear in people's lives when they're ready for a new adventure and new beginnings. Um, and then a quote that I took from like a website about Blue Jays was Blue Jays are said to show up and to help you find your way out of the dark and into the light. Along with their intelligence, they're also known for their courage, determination, and resilience. And I felt like that was really applicable to the journey that I'm going on and that's that's kind of how I felt and how I feel and it's kind of funny because like this baby has a lot of like different pieces of symbolism around her right so she's like my evermore baby in the sense that like she's the end of a very long pain cycle for me like a new beginning after a really really long cycle of pain since being in the accident having like really big doubts on my body like this is my chance to start feeling connected with this body again and that's what I've been really working on um and evermore is like the song that I kind of like label for that and like the weekend that I found out that I was pregnant um Taylor Swift actually sang <laughs> evermore as one of the surprise songs at, at one of the concerts and I wasn't even there but I was watching it on live stream and just absolutely like bawling being like oh my god like this is happening and and that was the first moment that I was like everything's gonna be okay but it's really scary right now and then she's also the little bird baby um because <laughs> Jack the way he knew that we were gonna have a little girl that we were gonna be you know have a baby this year he at some point he was like I think he, he told me he thinks it happened after Taylor Swift like after we went to go see her live um, that we were like driving home and we were listening to the Jonas Brothers and the song Little Bird from the album came on and he just started getting really, really emotional and started crying. And he was like, at that point, I knew, I knew at some point this year we were going to have a little girl. And so she's been the little bird too. And I've been getting her, you know, a, a couple of things with <laughs> birds on them. Um, she also like, I do roses with her and I do a lot of like stars and moons because those are like important to um, like the theme that I have with her, but it's basically been like birds, stars and moons and roses. And so seeing like birds that were giving me confidence was really interesting and really like resonated with me and with her. Um, so I felt like really comforted by those Blue Jays and I kind of felt like they were like a sign, like everything's gonna be okay. That's kind of what I've been getting this whole trimester is like everything's going to be okay and I just need to believe that everything is going to be okay and speaking to that like I wrote this little note here in my third trimester thing I said I feel like this pregnancy has been an uphill battle but the voice inside of me says that even though it's been challenging the point that the victory at the end is is so much sweeter than what I'm going through now deep down I know that everything is going to work out and I need to learn to trust that voice instead of the paranoia and I really feel like now I'm starting to be able to do that. Now that we're towards the end when it really, really counts, I'm starting to be able to like trust my body, trust the work that I've been doing, trust spirit, 
trusting the magic that I've put into this baby and into having a birth, home birth with her. I've done so much spell work. I have done so much manifesting. I've done so much journaling, so much shadow work, so much working through things. And now I just need to trust that everything I've been doing is giving me and my baby the best chance at a happy, healthy, and safe home birth. At around 32 weeks, I had another dream that I felt was <laughs> really interesting and I took note of it. Um, and I called it the train dream. Um, so in this dream, I was on a moving train and I had my kids with me. And the, the kids were like walking around on the train. And one of the random like NPCs in the dream opens the train door and lets Scott jump out of a moving train. And I remember like going up to this <laughs> NPC in my dream being like, why would you do that? Like, this was supposed to be a good dream. This was not supposed to be an anxiety dream. Why are you giving me an anxiety dream? Let's restart. And I remember like physically restarting the dream, the scenario in my dream, knowing that I was having a dream and letting it go be the cushy, happy dream that I wanted it to be. And I feel like this particular dream was really symbolic because one, I realized I was dreaming. That's fucking cool. Okay. Like, isn't that like technically lucid dreaming? Like that is really, really, really cool. I have never done that in my entire life. Um, that is one thing that makes me think this baby is going to be a Pisces is the amount of dreams I've had. And then like the fact that they're becoming like more malleable, like I can actually participate in them like consciously. That's insane to me. Um, <laughs> but it, really taught me that like part of my anxiety is letting other people contribute to it and letting other people have control of my emotional state and if I want to have a successful home birth if I want to have a successful mentality to just birth this baby in general I need to take accountability for my own anxiety and my own actions and really protect my peace only surround myself with people who are going to protect my peace only say things that are going to protect my peace I, I've only been listening to music that protects my peace I've been only watching shows that protects my peace like I don't watch anything right now that gives me any sort of anxiety I used to really 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 like watching clips of like Grey's Anatomy or Chicago Fire or any of those like 911 type shows on TikTok but now every time they come across my for you page not interested anytime somebody's talking about their c-section story even if it's positive it gives me a severe amount of anxiety so I hit not interested you know I've been doing things to just protect my peace the shows that I've been watching, I've just finished Parks and Rec and now I'm watching Modern Family again because I know those are happy, good shows that are make me feel good, that are going to give me um, an endorphin rush, that are just going to make me really happy. Uh, so <laughs> I've been trying to protect my peace and take more accountability for my anxiety and kind of just dull out anything that's been giving me anxiety. I've been avoiding certain people, avoiding certain places, avoiding, you know, just certain types of media to just cultivate that mindset of peace. And like, like I just want to like kind of say like I have nothing against people who have had C-sections. My mother had a C-section. My husband was born via C-section. My mother-in-law talks to me all the time about her C-section story. It's just right now I need to put myself in this really zen zone where I'm not thinking about anything. I understand what the risks are. I understand what could possibly happen. I understand the um, 
possible complications and, you know, things. I know a lot about pregnancy. I feel like I know more about pregnancy than the average pregnant woman does because <laughs> I am a research fiend. And my first two babies, I did a lot of research. So with this baby, I've been kind of trying to block that research out, just fill myself with peace, fill myself with the ideal kind of thing. And do I know, like logically, that, you know, the ideal may not happen? Absolutely. Am I going to think like that? Nope, I cannot because I will spiral if I do. So I have to be really, really selective with everything I expose myself to right now. On the same wavelength as like me protecting my peace, one of the things that I've been doing is going back through my previous birth stories and really trying to figure out like the important things that I need to remember from them. Like the important things that made me feel empowered, that made me feel protected, that made me feel safe, even if they were not the most ideal births. Scott was an awesome birth. It was such a healing home birth. However, like it did make me doubt myself a little bit because I was scared that I wasn't going to get him out in time. And there was like this little looming threat of like, maybe we need to go to the hospital because your contractions aren't like efficient enough sort of thing. And um, so that kind of gave me a little bit of doubt. And then Dexter's birth was really traumatic because of the nurses. Like they were threatening CPS on me because I didn't want to do like all of the induction methods that were offered. They were laughing at me for going through contractions. They were yelling at me for cursing and being uncomfortable through contractions. They were really not kind to me. And I realized like going back and like really like meditating and like thinking about my birth with Dexter, I realized how much the midwives in that situation protected me from the nurses. I remember when the first time a nurse like said something to me about like cursing and being uncomfortable in a contraction, my midwife being like, hey, you know, we don't say this to older moms. So why is she any different? She's allowed to vocalize. And I remember the midwife like witnessing one of the nurses laughing at me um, for not being able to last through a contraction or not being able to really like um, cope with a contraction. And like keep in mind, I was in labor with Dexter for like three to four days. I don't even remember how long it was. It was fucking long. And I did not get an epidural until the last five hours of his labor. Um, and I was doing like, all of the induction methods because I was coerced into them because the nurses were threatening me with CPS. I don't think my midwife saw that. And I think if she did see that, she would have said something immediately. Um, but I was doing all the things like Pitocin on like the highest thing. They did the Cervidil. They did all of the things. And I didn't get an epidural with that until the bitter end, until I realized my body really was not relaxing because not only was I physically stressed out, but I was emotionally stressed out because of what the nurses were saying to me. But anyway, my midwife had noticed this nurse um, degrading me while I was going through a contraction. And after that, I remember no nurses <laughs> being allowed in my room except for this one younger blonde nurse who was like so kind, who, you know, got my husband involved. Um, the other nurses kind of like pushed him to the side. She kind of like got him to come and sit next to me in the bed, um, got him to like hang out with me a little more. She like encouraged us. She told us how good we were doing, you know, made us both feel very comfortable. Um, 
she held me when I got the epidural. She told me how great I did the whole time. Like I did so well up until this point and I was just making the best decision for me and my baby. Like she really empowered me and I feel like the midwife put her there specifically because she realized how harmful the other people were being and I remember her like closing my door like nobody was like allowed to come in or out anymore from my room like it was a big deal um and I feel like she really that that midwife really really protected me during my birth with Dexter and did everything that she could to let me have a successful vaginal delivery with him and like make it as peaceful as possible um I also remember her like prioritizing letting Jack catch Dexter. That was something really important to the both of us. And um, even though it was like a really traumatic experience and I remember her saying like, I didn't know if I should do that just because of how the birth went. But you know, I felt like it was important for both of you for Jack to catch him sort of thing. Um, and then postpartum, she wasn't on shift, but there was another nurse, midwife, another midwife on shift who was absolutely fierce. Like we had a pediatrician come into the room to check on Dexter and she looked at me and Jack and she's like, oh, you brought your brother? And I remember her turning around to this doctor being like, did you not read the file before you came in here? Did you decide to just come in here and run, run your mouth? Like, what are you doing? Like, do you not know what the situation is here? And her getting so pissed off that this doctor had the audacity to speak to me like that. Um, I remember Dexter's blood sugars weren't like the best. So she was trying to pressure me into doing formula and I really didn't want to do formula with him. I really just wanted to try to make him uh, like a 100% breastfed baby and thank God and thank so many local moms who donated breast milk to me during his breastfeeding journey. He was 100% breastfed. Um, and if I didn't have that privilege of being able to get local donor breast milk, I would have had to give him formula, but that I digress. Um, in the hospital, she kind of started like getting angry. She's like, this is a hospital that is baby friendly and we offer donor milk. Her insurance covers donor milk. Why are you not giving her donor milk? And like just being really aggravated that I was being pressured into making these choices that I didn't want to make. And she was it was it was because I was a younger mom that I was being treated this way. Um, so I remember her getting me the donor milk, getting me like a, a cup to feed Dexter so that we wouldn't put any nip, like any bottles in his mouth so we wouldn't get nipple confusion. Um, and really like working with me to feed my baby in a way that felt empowering for me and also like was good for him. And if those two midwives were not on call, I think I would have had a very different birth and postpartum experience with Dexter. So I realized almost 10 years later how protected I was, how they did the most that they could. And realizing this has really changed my perspective on Dexter's birth and postpartum journey so much. I wish I had realized this after he was born but, you know, everything comes at the time that it needs to come. And I'm remembering it now because this is, like, when I need it to come back to me kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I just, that that really helped flip my mentality and make me a little bit more confident. I feel like that realization was the last piece in a very big puzzle for me that I've been working on my entire third trimester to get, to, like, to completion. Um, and that puzzle being, like, 
my body has never failed me. I may have had other people fail my body, like the nurses it, during Dexter's birth really failed my body. My physical therapist and chiropractor after the accident really failed my body. You know, growing up, my pediatrician really failed my body um, by overprescribing me things and making my health issues worse versus better sort of thing. Um, but my body never failed me personally. My body is resilient. It always has come back. It has always done what's best for me. And I realized that. I, I feel a lot more secure within my body, within myself. You know, like, I didn't have doubt during Scott's birth because of my body. I had doubt during Scott's birth because of what was being told to me not because like I thought my body couldn't actually do it or it actually wasn't doing it I just felt like I was being pressured a little bit more to get it done faster than my body wanted to have it done sort of thing even though Scott's labor was incredibly fast compared to Dexter's but I've ultimately come to the conclusion that the failures that I feel in my body that the times that I feel like my body failed me my body did not fail me it was the people around me that failed my body and that has been my biggest mantra going into this birth as we prepare for it like today I have my at home midlife appointment she's coming here she's gonna bring the birth pool she's gonna bring um the liner for the pool like we're gonna start getting that space set up next week because next week I'm 37 weeks so like as I go into the last couple of weeks of this pregnancy, I just got to keep telling myself it is not me. <laughs> my body has never failed me. Other people have failed my body, but my body has never failed me. Um, and I'm going to make like an effort. I've made like a lot of affirmation cards and I put them like around my altar. I think I put a picture of them in the Jesus Witch Church. Um, so you could check that out there. But I have all these affirmation cards that I put around my altar and I, I'm going to make one that says like my body has not failed me um, because it hasn't. And realizing that has made me a lot more confident going into this birth. Um, last night when I was texting my midwife about today's appointment and like getting the birth pool and all that stuff, like I finally started to get excited. I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. Like I'm having a baby at home. Like I'm going to do this like sort of thing. And it was like the first time that it like clicked like, this is happening. I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, yeah, I, everything's going to be okay. That's what I keep telling myself. So anyway, that is basically the last of this pregnancy series. Um, the next time I talk to you guys about this baby will be <laughs> because she's born and I'll be telling you her birth story. Um, so yeah, keep praying for me, please. I really appreciate any prayers. Any prayers for the baby, any prayers for this journey are very much appreciated um, and welcome. Um, now it's just kind of like waiting and seeing. Is this baby going to be a Pisces or is this baby going to be an Aquarius? I don't care as long as she's not born on February fucking 29th. I would be so devastated as an astrologer. Like, I get really upset thinking about it. Um, <laughs> for many different reasons, but, like, specifically because, like, birthday every four years, like, come on, like, that's not cool. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's been this pregnancy. Thank you so much for coming along on this journey with me. I really appreciate you listening to these episodes. 
Don't forget to follow me on TikTok or on Instagram. Both of those are Lena the Jesus Witch. Uh, don't forget to join the, the free Discord group, the Jesus Witch Church. You can find the link for that in the show notes page, as well as a bunch of different ways to support the Jesus Witch podcast. And yeah, I am excited. I'm excited. I'm excited that I got to record this episode today, too. Like, it feels really full circle because today my midwife's coming for the last appointment. I have my baby shower tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I'm nervous more because I'm nervous about people's comments. Um, like I don't, I'm, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of, what if she's born on February 29th? Oh, I just have to dodge a lot of that. But, um, I'm also excited because I'm excited to be with my family. I'm excited to, you know, see my cousins, see my friends. Um, my friends, two of my like childhood friends are coming to this baby shower. It's going to be a very different vibe from Dexter's baby shower. I just feel like our families both are more excited for this baby than they were for like Dexter or Scott. Like Dexter, he was exciting in the sense that, you know, he was the first baby. Scott was exciting because Dexter got a brother, but this is the first baby girl, like grandbaby girl on both sides. And we are giving her a family name. And I know that my family's really excited about the name that we're giving her. Um, and it just means a lot to me that everybody's really excited about the name that we're giving to her. I can't wait to tell you guys her name, and I can't wait to talk to you about her name. Um, yeah, that's gonna, I can't, I can't wait. I don't even know how I'm gonna announce everything yet. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't posted on Instagram yet this year, like a, a static post on my feed. And I think I'm gonna wait until the baby's born, and I'm gonna let her be the first post. Like, I'm gonna be like, I've been quiet on here for a reason. Everybody meet little baby, um, kind of thing, but... Yeah, I'm I'm getting excited. So, anyway, I can't I can't wait to sh- I can't wait to not be pregnant. I can't wait to give her the name that we're giving her. I can't wait for I can't wait for her families to meet her. Honestly, like you know, even like Jack's like brother, like his littlest brother has been like. Um, he asked me like I want to come see her when she's born. And it's like that's so cute. Like I'm just so excited that everybody's so excited for her. So yeah, um, yeah, that's been this pregnancy. Um, again, thank you for following along on the journey and I will talk to you when I have a baby in my arms and you will be able to hear newborn fusses because she's going to be recording with me. She's going to be recording with me for a while. So she's going to be the co-host of the Jesus Witch podcast for a hot minute, but her debut will definitely be her birth episode. So I'm excited for that. But anyway, I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, catch you on the flippity flip. (laughs) Why did I end it like that? That's so random.